You know what? I can play. I'm super good at video games. If you have a Game Shark and all the cheat codes, (laughs) (laughs) then I'm the winner for sure. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 407 with a review of Hardcore Henry. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Cars Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are, uh, we are busting out some POV action, and we are talking about Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry, which is so hardcore... That Stephen was not able to make it, <laughs> and he will have to. Uh, he will be submitting some sort of uh, audio commentary that we will add at the end of the episode at some point. But uh, yep, he didn't. He didn't make it, and it's just uh, Carson and I. I have a low battery, and that low battery is my immune system, and I'm sick. So hopefully, you guys can deal with that. But how are you doing tonight, Carson? Uh, I'm. I'm doing okay, I guess. Not. I'm not sick. I'm fully charged. You're fully charged and you're ready to uh, bust out some crazy action. <laughs> some telekinetic powers I'm, or yes, something. I'm a, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, you're, about, you're about to bust out some practical trickery and some first person... Uh, I don't know. I'm, so I'm, some some FPS. I, I am I am super hardcore. Uh, tripped up on like several tablets of Mucinex. So mm. <laughs> so if I start talking incoherently, just just know that. Um, Got to get rid of all those little little anthropomorphic mucus dudes in your nose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that, this that is a sound f- like they're from New Jersey or something. <laughs> So, so, so this this is a film that uh, we've 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 been talking about towards the end of you know recent episodes, and uh, it's a film that I know I know Carson expected me to be like super excited for it, and like me knowing him knowing that I should be excited for it made me want to not be excited. But like I'm not gonna lie, I've been watching some like behind the scenes footage stuff leading up to this movie, and like by the time I finally walked into the theater, I was like super pumped to see this movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know why you wouldn't be jazzed to see this movie. Um, and I, I, it is kind of funny, though, because I did say at the end of the last episode that it had like a really high Rotten Tomatoes score, which I saw just plummet the entire week. <laughs> um, to, now it's like at like 55 or something. It's around, it's in the 50 range. Are you, um, are you saying that you got a hold of some of those people? And uh... yeah, I made some calls and <laughs> said, "This has got to be lower. This can't be eighty-eight percent or whatever it was when I checked it last time." You, you, you kidnapped you kidnapped the wives of those critics, <laughs> and said, like, <laughs> "If you ever want to see your wife again, <laughs> yeah, Very yeah." Nice. And then yeah, well. I mean, uh, we don't we don't have to go by what what they said. I mean, it, it's time for us to have our own uh, a, a little throwdown to see whether or not the spoiler review is going to, you know, tip to one side or the other. Unfortunately, since we have two people instead of three, we're either going to be a hundred percent in one direction or split fifty fifty. So, 
Yes, because I have no idea what Stephen thought of this movie, and we <laughs> yeah. and we won't know until after his uh, his audio gets dropped in. Yeah, and and I even though we saw it together, um, I don't even know what his his reaction to the film is because we we did not talk about it as we left the theater. So so it's going to be a surprise for both of us. Per um, usual. Maybe he's going to do his usual tiebreaker, uh, or maybe it'll be you and I against him, or who who knows what's going to happen. But uh, rather than hold the suspense out any longer, I am going to boot into my Shalto Copley body and play the trailer for Hardcore Henry, and then we're going to come back and give everybody a review. Hello, Henry. Do you remember how you got here? This next part might hurt. Squeeze. You and I were, we still are, husband and wife. I love you, Henry. Henry, they want your technology. How would you like the new you? I'm here to help you. Is your speech module installed? Well, at least we know you're not deaf. Okay, well, the good news is that you're gonna live a while. And the bad news is there's an army standing between you and your wife. So let's go get her. Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. blood in your mouth you're gonna stand up and go spill this all right so that was the trailer for hardcore henry basically uh this is a first person film that is basically this guy named Henry is super hardcore. He wakes up in a little bit of water, and uh, pretty shortly after that, some people are trying to kill him, and he has to bust out some crazy action and try to survive and figure out what the hell's going on. And uh, meanwhile, he gets a bunch of you know, waypoints sent to him on a little phone. And uh, yeah, so so so, Carson, did you like Hardcore Henry? <laughs> I uh, the I did not like this movie at all. <laughs> the opposite of like uh, hardcore dislike. Um, and I mean, 
it pretty much lived up to my expectations, which were one, it's all gimmick. Um, and two, the gimmick wears off very, very quickly. Um, I don't know if you saw the, um, well, it wasn't, it was like a, it was a music video, but it was also like a short film that this director made for some. Is this the Biting Elbows music video? Biting Elbows. Or, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called like Bad Motherfucker or something. Um, the For the Kill is the name of the song. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, no, hold on. So, so, so they do have a, another song called Bad Motherfucker. Well, so maybe. It, are there two music videos? Because Is it the one that's like black and white and it's a bunch of behind the scenes footage? No, it, it was an actual. It's actually like Hardcore Henry, but it was. Um, it was kind of, I guess, done as a test, a test run, like for this movie to kind of show off. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know. Like I saw, I saw the that one on the guy's IMDb, so I just assumed that was it. But okay, I don't, gotcha. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah. So, so there, there's there's two separate things that we're talking about then. But, okay. but go ahead. But yeah, I saw that one. Um, uh, that that he did. Uh, and because it, it it came out, I don't remember what it came out like a couple years ago online. It it it, it was pretty big people were talking about it all the like movie sites and it's like a five minute video i think and i watched it and like even in the five minutes like it wore like i i it got tiresome after like two so i was like (laughs) i don't know how they could stretch this to a 95 minute movie um and it was kind of the same deal where like the first five minutes once that passes, it's just like it becomes just an incredible strain. Like I think that it, it's it's the exact same problem I had with Victoria, which <laughs> again, yeah, this is the film that I was going to bring up too. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> the, but I mean, like that movie to me was just it was all gimmick. Like there was nothing else going for it other than like they had this idea to do you know the movie this way, uh, you know a certain way. And there was nothing else interesting to back it up. Um, And I think that in Hardcore Henry's case, it's even, well, I mean, it's, it's luckily shorter, but it's still like just as, I guess, tiresome because it is, it feels like, you know, it's just like nonstop. It feels like you're being pummeled and... The other big problem is that, like, this whole movie just feels like it was, like, leftover uh, or just recycled junk from, like, all of the <laughs> Neville Dean Taylor's <laughs> films. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, this guy is, must be a huge fan of Crank because, like, it just felt it felt that way to me. Like, it felt like recycled material. Like, there's even, like, you know, there's parts where he has to recharge himself and, like... There's even like a a dance number with Charlotte Copley's character, like that feels exactly like the one that Michael Z. Hall did in Gamer. Yeah. Um, so it just felt like, you know, they really took kind of like the elements of the Crank movies and Gamer, like basically the sort of quintessential Neville Dean Taylor style, and tried to, I guess, seemingly replicate that. But I feel like. The the thing with Neville Dean Taylor is like, yeah, their movies also kind of have this this crazy, like almost, you know, video game style. But like it's an actual movie like there. It's not like, you know, it's not just purely a gimmick posing as a movie. Like, I, I think that 
uh, you know, that's obviously the big difference, but like also they have like, I feel like that style is so uniquely them that anytime someone tries to copy it, or at least even if they aren't, it just, you know, if they're inadvertently doing it and if it just feels that way, I don't know. It just feels like, it just feels like, wow, like I've seen it before. Like none of this movie felt hardcore at all like you were joking last week like oh i hope he's not like lib dick henry or mediocre henry <laughs> like that's that's what it felt like to me because like none of this none of this felt like anything new like it wasn't anything fresh or inspired like uh, it just all felt like it all felt like recycled stuff like even the even like the the opening credits like montage of people just getting stabbed and shot and like the like the music choices were all like super offbeat. Again, it felt like a that was like another felt like another Neville Dean Taylor rip. So overall, like I uh yeah, I really uh I, I this was my Casey Affleck movie. Like I really wanted to leave <laughs> like badly. So so you're saying is for you this movie is more hard snore Henry? It was it was a hard bore Henry for sure, yeah. <laughs> This is uh, this is my finest hours for sure. Where I was like, I'm out, I want to get out of here, big time. Uh, you know, you know, liking you was never the issue. <laughs> um, well, obviously Carson Patrick is wrong in this case because th- I mean this movie is f-ing awesome. Like this movie is is kind of brilliant. And and you know it, it. I I love that we both were wanting to bring up Victoria in in the same way that we viewed that film. I mean, in it, I liked Victoria a lot. It, it made my top ten of last year, and you did not. And you thought it was a gimmick, and I thought the gimmick melted away from it and um, really made the experience of what the characters were going for. Uh, or going through feel more naturalistic to me. And I think that in this film, obviously it can't melt away because you're not used to watching content in a first person view. But I think that really what it did is it made the action scenes in this film, which which is the entire film because it's pretty much just an action scene. Like this film is as much straight action scene as um, Mad Max Fury Road is straight action scene. Uh, and there's about as much exposition. There's like 10 minutes towards the end of the film that is devoted to giving exposition. Um, but what th- what this film does with with what it's going for, I really think it truly adds to it. Because, I mean, one of the things that, that, Carson, you like to complain about when we're watching action movies is is the the insanity of the shaking ca- shaky cam and how the way fight scenes are choreographed is just a bunch of nothingness. But in 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 this, the way it works is... Yeah, obviously it's still shaky because like this person's wearing a rig on their face and they're jumping around and doing crazy shit. But at the same time, we're not watching the the fight scenes cut together in a way where we can't follow the geography. We follow what the character is seeing. And that's sort of a dust statement and and like I'm sort of just stating the obvious, but it really does add something. Like for instance, there, there's a scene where the character goes to it's a classic like standoff scene where, you know, the character is there's somebody on the other side of a wall with a gun and he's and our hero is on the like the opposite end of that wall. And in a normal movie, you know, like where a character is going to like do a slide across the floor and pop out just in the right position and shoot the bad guy and like be super awesome. Like we see it from like 
third person watching the hero do something badass. But in this film, we see the character like darting around a corner, quickly looking, backing, jumping back because he can't see where that guy, like it, it feels frantic. Like at every moment, you know, we're, we're still existing in, in a world like most action films where we know the hero, hero can't die. Like I never really feel like he's in danger. But in this, the situations feel frantic enough that you don't know what's sort of going to happen and you're you're you you see the character react not as like a complete bad badass like he the situation is more hardcore than henry is himself like it, it's it's hardcore to henry like the situation he is he is in is way over his head he doesn't understand what's happening the, there's crazy shit going on around him and like there is such a crazy like frenetic uh experience of what's happening to the character that like i really really dug it um i mean a lot of people are talking about how like this is basically like a straight video game and all those like the metaphors from the video game of like a character just popping in to give you waypoints to go to and stuff those elements are there and those are really really fun but i kind of like wasn't even paying attention to the the video game metaphors that were happening i i, I was just really watching the character and his reaction to things and i think that like i don't know like, I, I i can't really explain it more it's just like the the first person aspect of this film really worked for me in in a way where like i kind of feared that it would be just a gimmick but for some reason, it makes the choreography feel that much more amazing. I mean, the the end fight scene that is basically the burly brawl from <laughs> from the Matrix movies uh, that that's where it sort of breaks down a little bit because just because it's there's just so much happening that you sort of lose the ability to follow anything. But in the earlier scenes, like I don't know, there's something about like when you when you watch one character fight two people or a series of people in in any other movie. Uh, there's always that moment where like, you know, that if both people would just swing a punch at the same time, one of them would have to land. But like, there's one person always holding back because the choreography doesn't allow them to punch at that time. When you're watching just what the character sees, all those moments where stunt people have to pause to allow the person to get to the next position before they do their next attack, all that goes away. And you just watch like, you're just seeing <laughs> the most actiony part of that moment in that fight and you're not seeing you're not seeing the choreography you're seeing a person go crazy and and deal with their surroundings i don't know i'm, I'm rambling just go, go. well i mean i i saw some other pull quote uh where some guy was like you know joins mad max fury road as one of the best action films of all time i was just like whoa guy like who's did you did you lick because that is <laughs> that is an overstatement for sure um no i mean i i don't even think because I, I mean yes i feel like i feel like you could compare them but it's just like i mean it doesn't even come close to that in terms well, it, of like, i feel like in terms of it's like yes i feel like mad max does have the you know that the bare bones and it is just one big chase, but I feel like the everything else about that movie, like, is what elevates it, you know? Like, this movie doesn't have anything that's really elevating its story, which is essentially, you know, nothing. I mean, it's essentially just a, a, a pretty simple been there, done that story. It, it is, but, like, I feel like this is one of those cases where it's not really 
go it's not going for this crazy like the experience of watching the film is what it's trying to leave you with it's not trying to um it's not trying to 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 explode your brain with with the story even though i think by the end of the story at least it at least comes back around enough to justify its own existence um like for basically 90 percent of this movie it is just you're you're watching the gimmick for the sake of watching the gimmick and then at the end they sort of at least like put a tiny enough bow on it that like there is a story that justifies the beats prior to that moment um but so so yeah the story's not a masterpiece and but i but i really feel like the reason I made the comparison to Mad Max is simply because of the amount of the film that is dedicated to just being a crazy action film. And it, yeah. obviously this doesn't have the polish that Mad Max Fury Road does. So it's hard to compare them on like the quote overall quality of it. But I feel like this is the predestination version of of Mad Max Fury Road. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, Mad Max is also a, a movie too. This is like purely just... It feels yeah, yeah. more like just an experiment. It's not. It doesn't feel like a movie. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, it does. But like I said, like there, there is enough of a narrative by the end of the film that you sort of do. Like it seems like there is no story at all, and then right at the end, they're like, "Oh, okay, there was a story. Um, I'll, I'll live with it. Like I'm, yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm fine with that." I mean, there was, but I mean, it just that in itself isn't enough to hold up this movie because really like i said all it's got going for it is the gimmick and there's nothing else in it that's interesting to keep it you know to keep it you know to keep everything else interesting like i I feel like the um i feel like the behind the scenes making of this movie would be more interesting than the actual movie um but but, 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 i i I feel like when you're watching the film so the the other film that I, I kept thinking about when I was watching this movie, and I know this is going to make Carson's head explode, but I was thinking of The Revenant, um, mostly because uh, both both films center on the main character. Basically, the the acting they're doing is like the performance itself is going through whatever it is they're going through to make the movie happen, right? Like both of them have very little story. Um, both of them uh, are really just a person going through a shit ton of stuff. And 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 like when you're watching the movie, you think about like, oh shit, like he's really in this water and he's really really cold. He's really crawling through the snow. He's really like crawling into this animal, right? That's what you're thinking about when you're watching the Revenant. And in this, I kept thinking like, like I, I've seen the rig that the guy's wearing, and I know that they're doing these stunts running with this thing on and pulling off these things like it's it's a very physical performance i know that like sometimes it's like a stunt guy sometimes it's the director sometimes it's like the actor like there's a bunch of different people wearing the rig but it's still such an impressive performance that like that like i i as i'm watching it i'm praising them the way everybody was praising leonardo dicaprio for his performance in the revenant and Unlike The Revenant, where I'm constantly looking at like, okay, here's this super long take so he can show how cool it is that he like is able to stitch these two moments together to make it feel like one seamless shot. That is lost in Hardcore Henry because the way it's presented is is it's not about like, oh, like how I did this transition between these two shots. It's more like 
just it like the gimmick is just that it's first person not that they're not that it's long takes mixed with these like action beats that feel like there's no cutting like it really isn't concerned with presenting unbroken takes or doing anything like that it's just it's first person that's all you that's as deep as you need to go um so i don't know i i felt like i felt like it impressed me way more than the revenants filmmaking did just because that felt like I was watching the strings and this, I felt like a person was doing this thing and just happened to be wearing a GoPro rig. It impressed me more than the Revenant says lights, camera Jackson, (laughs) (laughs) AKA Christopher Schnazy. Um, I, I don't even know. I mean, the Revenant is a real movie. This is not, (laughs) it's all I got to say. Um, I mean, I don't think any of the, the hard work that these guys put into making this movie like it doesn't even pay off like to me like i can't see any of it (laughs) like i like there a lot of it is like i said would be more interesting to see how they did it than to actually watch it but them like what you know the actual movie there isn't anything there because it's it's all so frenetic and obviously that's what they're going for yeah but you can't enjoy any of the the action sequences because it's all just so it's all just it's just a jumble and i think that that hinders the work that they put into it because i feel like you know when you hear like neville dean taylor talk about how like yeah like you know i just put on rollerblades and you know the motorcycle was dragging me you know and we just filmed filmed Jason Statham driving on the motorcycle while, you know, the director filmed him on rollerblades. Yeah. Being, yeah. But yeah, like when you hear that, it's like, okay, I can see like that in the actual movie and, and, it, and you'd be like, whoa, that's actually super crazy. And obviously there is probably a lot of crazy stuff that they attempted and pulled off in this movie because, yeah, there are scenes where like, you know, he's chasing a guy down uh an, an escalator and he's like jumping over <laughs> Dude, people and like there's an amazing moment in that escalator scene that i won't spoil that it just made me like go, yeah. oh shit i mean there are definitely aspects of it where it makes you think oh shit like how did they you know pull this off but i again it's like i feel like all that hard work is just is like diminished because you really can't the the choreography of everything is just too much of a blur and again i guess that's what they were going for but like to me that just doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make it fun like i, I and and again it's like not it just is all goes into the the gimmick and it's not you know there's nothing else there for you to latch onto other than you know seeing seeing you know the gimmick so uh i was trying to think of the other thing that i was gonna say but now it has escaped me (laughs) oh oh, oh, the other the the other thing is that like so i'm not i'm not saying all but like prime like most the majority of all of the kills and the any of like the gunfire is like that really terrible like after effects like i mean because i mean obviously they had to i'm sure most of this was done after the fact but like it's just like very like noticeably cheap looking 
uh anytime like they do that so like that just bothers me well it's it's there's so like stuff is happening so much that like yeah, most of it, it happens it doesn't too linger quickly. On it. Like it doesn't linger on it, so it's like no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, most of it happens because I, I presume that the most of the movie was done that way, just because of budgetary restrictions and you know filming restrictions. But like, uh, and it goes. It, a lot of it is you know so quick that you don't even like realize what it is. But there are like several uh sequences and moments where like it's very noticeably like that style which i just i don't know anytime a movie you know does that where they add in the blood after the fact or whatever it just i don't know it takes me out because it just is it it just looks very noticeably cheap to me yeah no and there there are there are a few things in this film that 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 have a, a noticeably cheap feel to them but but i i i still think on the whole like the entire film has sort of like this degraded feeling to it. Um, and it, it feels, I don't know. It, it, it just works for me in a way that like, I, like I said, it's, it's the predestination of, of this type of film where it's like the, the low budgetness of it does not bother me at all because what I feel like it's accomplishing is interesting enough to me and impressive enough to me that like I get past um, moments like that. Yeah, well, again, Predestination was uh, a movie that I could watch. <laughs> I could see, um, you know, and uh, that that's always helpful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there, I again, I th- I thought of something else, and now I can't I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Uh, predestination. Got to do my got to do my memory recalling techniques. I I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, should we just cut away to Stephen for his opinion of the film? Uh, yeah, let's see what he has to say about this. Hey guys, uh, so sorry I had to miss this one yet another episode. Um, I'm particularly sad that I missed this one too, uh, because I think this might be the perfect type of movie to argue about on the spoiler warning. Uh, I think it's an epic rivalry, not between me and Chris or me and Carson, but between us and ourselves. Namely between old Chris and new Chris, and between coked out Carson and hates Victoria Carson. So first old Chris and new Chris. So Old Chris is a guy who lives in San Diego. He plays video games all the time, and he loves movies by Neville Dean and Taylor. Uh, he has the ability to recommend a movie just because it is, quote, badass. And new Chris, as Carson eloquently put it in the Batman v Superman episode, is the guy who lives in Oakland and has an Apple Watch and walks out of Casey Affleck movies. Uh, and new Chris can't be won over just by visual style. He needs the world to make sense. He needs it to be built. He needs the rules to be there and it to be compelling to think about. And I kind of feel both of those Chris's with Hardcore Henry. Uh, on the one hand, I really, really want to defend this movie because it did something so f***ing original. And it managed to capture exactly what makes video games be so goofy and fun and illogical and ridiculous. Um, 
I'm sure gamers out there have better references. I was remembering being in junior high and playing Metal Gear Solid and Typing of the Dead, uh, the way that you would have these just absurd boss battles where a guy is levitating and you don't even know what the rules are, uh, the way that in like these kind of basic first-person shooter games, uh, you're going to be fighting bad guys, and it almost feels like you're just on a track moving forward, and the bad guys are obstacles in your way. But your point of view and where you're going is not really up to you. You're being pulled into it. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. On the other hand, I feel compelled to point out, as I'm sure Chris did a million times in this episode, that the plot is completely flimsy and stupid. The characterizations are non-existent. Uh, and the Steven in me has to say that this is a crass, excessive movie where pretty much every woman that you see <laughs> exists only to get the crap beaten out of her. I mean, this is like the best and worst of video game culture. It's pure adrenaline. And then there are the Carsons in me. Uh, so on the one hand, this movie is a total gimmick. And I know Carson is not a fan of just one gimmick movies. Uh, and I'm going to say this isn't always a pleasant gimmick either. Like the first 30 minutes physically hurt me to watch. I was dizzy. I was irritated. I was I was really thinking, what did I get myself into? But on the other hand, that dizzy, irritated feeling was extremely coked out. And I know Carson loves a good coke movie. Um, I mean, Hardcore Henry pulled me in in a way that very, very few movies have been able to do. And not from a kind of psychological perspective but from a purely visual standpoint which is pretty cool um like chris and i just saw green room and i think we'd both agree that uh, jeremy saulnier is one director who knows how to manipulate adrenaline but this movie does way more than just manipulate adrenaline this like force feeds you adrenaline it physically pumps it into you with a gimmick that you cannot avoid like, I could have been tired or distracted or bored or thinking about something totally different, and it wouldn't even matter. My heart would be forced to be raised. Like, I would be immersed in this movie just because of the way it was filmed, the way it was made. Like, being in a room where this movie is playing pulls you into it, which is pretty cool. Like, like that is a unique experience that I've not felt before. So I don't know, where do I put it? Like, which <laughs> which impulse do I go with? It This isn't really a movie. It, it's hardly even a story. And on pretty much any movie-making ground, I can't attribute it to some kind of art or high quality or praise it. But maybe with something like this or like John Wick, I have to accept that stunts and choreography and an interesting visual style are enough on their own. They're their own art form and maybe... Maybe I won't call it movie. Maybe I'll call it something else. Uh, but raw adrenaline on its own is a thing that I can praise. And this movie showed me that raw adrenaline can be done in a novel, interesting way. So I don't know. This is a must-see and a must-avoid at the same time. It's like totally unnecessary. It's ridiculous. It doesn't have a leg to stand on, but it's also thrilling and unique and just giddily fun, like delightfully fun. So whatever, I don't know, recommend with a caveat, I guess. Uh, the caveat being this movie, you might completely hate it and how abrasive and ridiculous and nonsensical it is. But recommendation because like, I don't know, I have to praise originality.
So yeah, that's what I'm going with. It's kind of a cop-out. Excited to hear the episode. Bye, guys. All right. Well, I mean, clearly Stephen was on my side, <laughs> which which I, I, I have no idea. He could, he could have been on your side. I, I honestly have no idea. Usually I can get a read on what Stephen... I'm sure he landed in the middle, though. We can we can uh, we can guess that 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 much. That that is generally the position that he likes to be. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we I don't have the audio track, so I have no idea what his opinion of the film is, and and we we tried our best to not talk about it, and we actually succeeded this time. Um, so I have no idea his thoughts in the film, um, and I really can't uh, even gauge at all. Um, but I'm excited to hear what it is. Um, I guess during the edit process. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, should we... Do, are, do you have any last thoughts? Like, was there anything positive that you enjoyed? Like, did you at least enjoy Charlotte Copley's performances? I, I mean, I enjoyed his... Yeah, I enjoyed his, you know, commitment to playing all of these different roles. Um, but again, it just it, it felt like a variation of things we've seen before. Actually, the one really memorable thing about the movie was the guy in with the flamethrower like that was the one like (laughs) memorable costume whatever like that like his outfit was like i have no why no the the it looks like a jacket they stole from uh escape from tomorrow or whatever the movie was called what was what was the disneyland movie oh yeah escape from tomorrow yeah. yeah yeah escape from tomorrow like that the the movie like it looked like they stole the jacket from the not set of that movie. <laughs> like, you know, like it, they, they had lots of crazy things with like mirrors and jagged shapes and stuff. And that, like, yeah, it looks like he was just wearing like a giant like diamond or something. Yeah, it was like super weird, but definitely interesting. <laughs> uh, but I, other than that, I, I liked the very beginning when it wasn't um, like first person <laughs> you mean the, the three kids standing <laughs> yeah whatever and like tim roth was there for no reason <laughs> you fucking pussy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those are great those are like oh i can actually see those yeah I'm being an old man about it but you know so hey, it, it, at least i'm not alone that's 50, for sure. Fifty percent of Rotten that, Tomatoes people are right, on your yeah, side. Yeah, that fifty percent, man. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm like still trying in the back of my head to think of like the one other thing I was gonna say, but really, like, I can't pull much, uh, much positivity from it because I really just did not enjoy any of it. I enjoyed when it was over. So here, here's the real question. Do you think, like you, you talked about earlier about the, uh, you were comparing it to Crank, uh, or one aspect you're comparing to Crank was the the whole like battery needing a charge thing. But do you think that was a Crank reference? Or do you think that was more of a reference to Charlotte Copley playing Chappie in Chappie? <laughs> and, and the idea of like, because <laughs> like the good news is you're going to live for a while. The bad news is a while is like 20, 30 minutes tops. Yeah, I think that, I mean... Probably isn't a reference to anything, um, but it just felt like it felt like this guy was a big fan of the Neville Dean Taylor output and 
thought I can also do something like that. I'm sure that's not the case at all. Well, no, like tonally, this film definitely feels like a hundred. Like I, like we're gonna have like Neville Dean and Taylor making a remake of Hardcore Henry like pretty soon. Yeah, like this. This feels like it could have been Crank Three. You know, like it, it. It definitely has that tone and style, which was again. I don't know if that was intentional. But man, it felt very, very similar. Like Neville Dean Taylor should possibly sue somebody. <laughs> should sue because somebody. they <laughs> in a Metallica it, style suit were like, we invented the E and the F chord. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's it's very, very similar to their brand. Um, like I said, like not even just crank movies, like Gamer as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I I feel like you know. Uh, the movie has a very like it's very like pleased with itself like it thinks it's like the shit um but it's really like it like it comes across that way and, and like the neville dean taylor movies do too where like they they know like oh yeah like this is f-ing great guys like don't you think <laughs> but like they they pull it off like in a way that's unique to them and uh you know like i said it helps that like they're making actual movies it's like it i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like you know saying how scott pilgrim is like a video game like that i mean it doesn't have to be shot the same way you know what i mean like i I just feel like that the the fact that they shot it in this the first person shooter style like that just it just completely makes you feel like okay well this is nothing more than a gimmick um instead of maybe like trying to like incorporate not not saying like to do like what doom did where they just had like one scene you know um i i also think too that like the the thing that separates this first person stuff from stuff like in in doom is in doom it's clearly a regular camera where they overlay gun shit in front of the camera to pretend like it's first person right the what, what separates this is like this is somebody wearing a rig that looks like they're stuck in a Saw movie and they're doing all that stuff for real and they just happen to be wearing a thing that has cameras strapped to the front of their face. Like it's, it has a level of authenticity to it that you don't have in things where something is being digitally composited on top of the, on top of the field of view, right? So it, it, it just has a, it, I mean, it makes it harder to track everything because it's literally, if if the character falls over or is thrown, the camera's getting whipped around like that. And it's not, it's not meant to be smooth or like uh, stabilized or anything like that. Like you're getting the, what the, what the person faces his head at is what you're going to see. And I, I think, I think that just does something to, to make it feel more real than it does when you have a floating gun mapped to the front of your view. Well, I mean, that that scene in in Doom was like so stupid. Like I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean that whole movie was stupid, but like stupid awesome. Um <laughs> uh like I, I mean I mean that the Hardcore Henry feels like a feature-length version of that scene in the sense that like they made that scene in Doom specifically to like cater to fans of the game, which is like, you know, for me it's like I get that, but like it's lost because I'm like I don't care. Like I don't, I didn't play the games. Like I don't know. So like, but I understand. I understand what they're going for, and like that's what they're trying to cater towards. Yeah, it was um, like a breaking the fourth wall mo- moment. That yeah, was like, be like, okay, guys, here you go. Um, 
And like that's what that's what this movie feels like, where it's just like they're catering to that crowd, and it's like that's fine, but like that. I mean, like we said, like that was the dumbest scene in Doom. Like that's so. Then they made like a whole movie that way. <laughs> so it's like okay, like so. I guess if you're like an extreme, you know, uh, gamer, then like then yeah. I mean, obviously, I know you're super into games video games you know i mean way more than i am i don't play video games but like i just think that like you know obviously you are more in the demo than i am but it's like i i just think that like i don't know there's got to be something more than just that gimmick to keep it afloat and now i remember the other thing i was gonna say which was i think i alluded last week kind of jokingly but dude the music video the prodigy video from the 90s for smack my bitch up did <laughs> hardcore henry it, it's it's hardcore henry like it's it seriously is but it was back in the day and like that movie just has uh or i mean that music video is like like legit good like that is the hardcore henry i wanted to see like you could actually see all of the it, like it's all pov but you can actually like see everything that's happening and i think it's got a pretty good twist at the end story <laughs> and but like i yeah like i i just think that um you know yeah which to me that's more impressive because it was like back back when like you know they obviously could you know they didn't have like you know a gopro they could just strap to the head they actually had to use like some kind of camera so it was probably a lot more cumbersome and clunky to to navigate and whatnot but uh yeah I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end it with that. Smack my bitch up is where I stand <laughs> on the POV debate. I, I will say the only moment I didn't like about the 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 way they were filming the POV is the main villain is acting to the character's eyes and not acting to the camera rig itself. So yeah. if you if you look at the if you look at the rig because the actor needs to be able to see what the hell is happening in front of him, so the cameras it's like two GoPros or whatever type of camera it is strapped at about chin level, so it's just below where your eyes are, and the the main like albino villain guy would like first of all I don't know if his character was supposed to be blind, but he was always like looking away like the way that like Daredevil does in the Netflix series. <laughs> I was too distracted by the fact that he looked like Bucky Barnes. <laughs> I was anyway. like, is this a civil bro prequel? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but like, but he would come in really close and he would like, he would do this thing where like, he's sort of acting at eye level, but it looks weird because it, it's above the field of view of the audience. So he was, it was almost like he was like talking to the forehead of you as mm. you're watching the movie. And that was the only thing that sort of broke the illusion for me. I kept like thinking like, dude, like down, just look down a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, if like, he was, if he was totes blind, then he, yeah, just, that, he wouldn't know only, where to look. Yeah. That's the only other thing that I'm thinking is maybe he was, he was blind. Maybe all the telekinetic stuff, uh, who <laughs> made him made him blind? I honestly have no idea. I like too that they were like sort of trying to go for the chronicle thing. Like the more he uses telekinesis, the more he would just like bleed from the mouth. <laughs> but they never did anything with that. Oh well, missed opportunity. <laughs> but yeah, um, should we get to verdicts? Okay. 
All right, Carson, if you're going to give it a must-see, a reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I, I, I can't give it anything higher than a must-avoid. <laughs> Sorry. You could give it something higher than a must-avoid. I, I, like I said, I really wanted to leave pretty soon into this movie. Um, yeah. Basically, if there was a scene where Hardcore Henry pushed a knife into our boiled egg <laughs> then you would have been like all right all right i feel this movie if casey affleck showed up and peeled a, an egg then maybe it would be a pass with a caveat but as it <laughs> See, as of now yeah what, what if charlotte, charlotte copley's character was replaced by casey affleck he's like all right see we're gonna go back to my place and we're gonna charge you up i'm gonna catch you my computers <laughs> <laughs> i know that's what his voice sounds like to my head <laughs> I, uh, again, that would probably make it a pass instead of a must avoid. <laughs> well, I don't think I can give this movie anything lower than a must see. <laughs> Actually, I, th- th- like this movie is a must see, but I feel like if you have really bad motion sickness, then maybe that should be a caveat for you. But my official recommendation is that this is a must see film. Um, you know, it's relatively short, so you're not committing well, to it too much. It feels very long, though. <laughs> It didn't, like, feel, it didn't feel that long to me. I mean, it, it. like I said, it's nice that it was shorter than Victoria, but it still felt like really long. <laughs> I, I think maybe if you understand the video game tropes a little bit more, you sense like which part of the arc you're in. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I still got like, you know, where it was going because by the time, well, by the time like the big battle, I was like, all right, this is the <clears throat> this is the big, you know the final boss battle. So yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, thank God it's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, um, besides, uh, hating on the film and trying to dip the, um, the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, where, where can people find you? You can find me at gamers, hate Slash Neville Dean slash Taylor. <laughs> right. You can find me at I just watch my cousin play Goldeneye on N64. <laughs> you know what? I can play. I'm super good at video games if you have a Game Shark and all the cheat codes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Then I'm the winner for sure. <laughs> well, people can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you, want, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this uh, film will come from the soundtrack to Hardcore Henry. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying that. Um, and uh, yeah, that is it. We're going to yep take oh. off and uh, hopefully have another review for you soon. <laughs> I forget what's coming out. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for joining me, uh, Carson. Uh, yes, you're welcome. I have to actually say it this time since Steven is there. Yeah. And thanks, Steven, for sending in a recording of your thoughts on the film. Um but your recording won't have you responding to this, so... No. Whatever. <laughs> I take your silence as an acceptance of my thankfulness. Yes. Um, 
But yeah, everybody else, we will see you in our next review. Bye.